Welcome to the Come to the Table podcast by Distortion Free. We are all about getting hungry for the things of God. The Bible says that all those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. So grab your coffee, maybe tea, possibly a snack, and meet me at the table. Good morning on this beautiful day five of fasting. If you're joining us on our 21-day fast, welcome to your day five. We are over halfway done with our first week. We're there. We're getting there. We're doing it. It's amazing. Hopefully you've heard things from God. Hopefully you've you've been sustained and fulfilled and spending some extra time with the Lord and digging into your word and prayer. And it's just been a growing experience for you. I know it has been for me. And I've really enjoyed doing uh, these teachings in the morning. It's been enlightening for me. I've loved having specific purposes to study. It's been awesome. Um, so just so you know, I am fully enjoying these broadcasts. I hope you are as well. So today, I'm going to talk about a controversial subject. If you look at fasting in majority America, I'm sure I'm sure there are people all over the world that do it that stick to it but the majority of what I've seen obviously because I'm in America has been Americans we like to take the word of God and fit it into our modern day there's so many things that we like to tweak and study and over analyze the word and take it out of its literal context so that it can fit our modern day, so that it can fit us, so that we can lightly, I consider it, lightly esteeming the word of God because we're taking it and trying to make it more palatable, easier to swallow, easier on our flesh. And that's what I see as the Daniel's fast. Um, I don't agree that the Daniel's fast is actually a fast. I believe that it's an incredible diet that would be great for your body and you would probably flush out a lot of sickness, a lot of infection, a lot of inflammation that's in your body if you were to stick to this diet. It would be a great way for you to honor God, to honor your holy temple. I do not, however, believe that it's a fast. And today I'm going to get into why. So first, in order to do this, we have to go to... Daniel and read about the specific scripture that I believe the Daniel's fast is based on. I believe it's it's more based off of Daniel 10 than it is Daniel 1, but I know Daniel 1 is used so often to <clears throat> um, complement it as well. So we're going to read these scriptures and I'm going to dig into what these scriptures are talking about and we're going to really dig in today into what the Daniel's fast is and what it means, the modern day Daniel's fast and what it means for you and your fasting. Um, You can call me legalistic, but I fully believe that if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it according to the word of God. I'm not going to switch it. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to water it down. You may not like it. It might make you uncomfortable, but if you are truly about following the Lord 
and obeying his word, then you have to understand what the word actually says and not take everyone's word for it. It's not about my opinion. It's not about how I feel. It's about what the word of God says and what it's actually talking about. And so we're going to get into this. Daniel 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands, and some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of fine wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Meshach, Shadrach, <laughs> anyways. Um, to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave the names, uh, gave them names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who's appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants." So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacy. Thus, the stewards took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for the four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Okay, I'm going to end right there. So this, Daniel ate vegetables and water, but I want you to pay close attention to what he says in the beginning. Daniel proposed, this is Daniel 1, 8, but Daniel proposed in his heart, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacy, nor with the wine which he drank. Daniel, so in order to understand this, you have to understand the Jewish culture and the Jewish laws. 
if you look into the Jewish laws, it was forbidden to, to eat any meat that didn't have the blood fully drained. It was forbidden to eat any meat that at any point would have been offered to idols, to their idols, their God. And so Daniel knew that this king was all about his God, all about his, his idol, that he, Daniel didn't know how the meat was being prepared. How was he to know? Did all the blood get drained from the animals? He had no idea. And so Daniel decided, I'm not taking any chances with my body. And um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they decided, we're with Daniel, no matter what. Think about this for a moment. All of the, the young men that were in, I, I guess it would be building, that were in the building, that were in the program for three years, all of them were Jewish. They all came from Israel. Okay, four, four young men decided, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going to honor God no matter what. Even if I get in trouble, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God with what I eat. And I'm not taking any chances that I would defile myself just because can't see it. Because all of the other boys had decided, I can't see how it's prepared. I don't really know. I'm just going to believe that it's okay. I'm, I'm going to brush it off the side. Can't see it. No problem. And, and they just let it go because they were too afraid to say anything. But Daniel decided honoring God is more important than brushing it off to the side. So that is why Daniel decided to only eat vegetables and water. He did not go into a fast, and it was three years. So if you're basing your Daniel's fast off of this scripture, please know, three years, not 21 days. Three years, he lived off of vegetables and water. And he was healthier than all of the other ones, so the uh, eunuch, the chief eunuch, decided they look amazing. I'm going to take the delicacies away from the other ones and give them veggies and water because he saw how healthy he was. So if you are looking to take care of your temple, if you are looking to be healthy and whole, that's amazing. Please follow Daniel's example and eat veggies and water for three years, but not a fast. This isn't, it's not a fast. That's not what he's doing. That's not why he's doing it. He wasn't doing it to chasten his body. He wasn't doing it to grow closer to the Lord. He was doing it because it was unlawful for him to, um, to eat meat that wasn't prepared according to the Jewish law. It was forbidden. So rather than chance it, he chose not to eat it. So there is Daniel 1. Now let's go to Daniel 10. This is the one that I believe is more often used to constitute a Daniel's fast because this one is, is more descriptive, I guess, in what he didn't eat. And so it explains more of what I see the modern day Daniel's fast to look like. 
So in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had, a, the, had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. Uphaz? His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the, man, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell on them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision." And no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. So I'm going to stop there. It goes a little bit further explaining that it's an angel who came to tell him from the moment you started praying, I was released to come bring you the answer. And I was upheld by the, the prince of Persia, the principality that was over the place of Persia. There are principalities, demonic principalities, that are trying to control every area. The, the enemy is very organized and controlled, and he has different leaders over different areas doing different things, causing different chaos and havoc. And so... He's so organized. You have to understand, if you really think about, this is a slight detour, but if you really think about the fact that Lucifer was up in heaven, he was the chief musician, honoring the Lord, praising God, leading worship, okay? He was so smart and so organized the way the Lord himself created him to be and had so much authority and and was so beautiful, okay, that he convinced an entire third of the Lord's angels to stand by him, and they all got kicked out of heaven. They all got cast out of heaven like casting the dice in a game. The Lord flicked them right out of heaven. So if you're going to tell me, if you're under the impression that the enemy is not smart, that he's not organized, that he doesn't understand um, what he's doing. And, you know, oh, that's that's silly. That's just a coincidence. He's That's not really happening. Um, then you're telling me the Lord did not create him to be amazing. The Lord created Lucifer to be amazing. I'm not lifting him up. I'm not hyping him up. I'm not telling you, um, oh, the enemy's really attacking you. I'm telling you, you need to open your eyes, wake up, look around this world, the world, not, not Christians because he's under my feet, 
Therefore, he has no right into any territory of mine. But look at the world. The struggle, the frustration, the sickness, the natural disasters, everything that's happening, the end is coming soon. And and the enemy is so organized, he knows exactly what he's doing. And so for us as Christians, we need to be organized. We need to be disciplined. We need to understand and have a plan for what we're doing. And a very large part of that is disciplining ourselves and fasting and praying and and going out and winning souls and doing what the Lord has called us to do and making sure that you know the call of God on your life and you do everything you can to fulfill that call. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Anyways, that was a detour. Back to the Daniel's fast. In, in chapter 10, Daniel had a vision in the beginning. And it was a vision that he saw that saddened him so much. He understood what was going to happen. He understood, had an understanding of what the vision was. That he went straight into mourning. It doesn't say fasting. Okay, he went into mourning. And a lot of people consider it a fast because it says, I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So this is where a lot of people take, well, Daniel was fasting and which in a sense he was because he was mourning for the Lord and praying. He was mourning before the Lord and praying. He took those days because he was praying for an answer. He was expecting an answer to a question. Daniel went into this not knowing when he was going to end. He went into it looking for an answer. It lasted 24 days. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river. So he's... he's, not eating choice meats. He's not eating anything pleasant. He's drinking water, nothing else. Because he's expecting, Lord, he stood before the Lord. I doesn't say this in the Bible, but this is is what it's alluding to. He went into this expecting an answer, essentially telling God, I'm not going to enjoy food. I'm going to be in mourning and prayer until I receive the answer of what I need to be doing because of the vision you gave me. The Lord gave him a vision and he said, I need to understand the answer to that vision. He understood the vision, but he needed to understand the answer to the vision. Because when you look down at when the angel tells him why he came, he tells him, do, this is in Daniel ten twelve. do not fear Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. So he went into this time of mourning and prayer to understand what he needed to do and to humble himself before God. So he says, when you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I came, I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. 
for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. And so in this, one, it does not call what Daniel did a fast. And in other places in Daniel, if you look in Daniel 9, 3, it says that Daniel fasted. It doesn't describe what he ate or didn't eat. It just says he fasted. Whereas if you look at Daniel 1 and Daniel 10, it doesn't say he fasted. Daniel 10 says he mourned. He was in mourning. But then it describes what he did not eat. I find that interesting. It doesn't call it a fast. And, it, and he did it for three weeks, 21 days. And it says it was on the 24th day of the month that the angel appeared to him. And so in all of this, I question, what is a Daniel's fast? The modern day Daniel's fast. I have a hard time even calling it that. The Daniel's diet. (laughs) What is it doing for your body? First, before we get into that, let's look at the positives. Let's look at the positives of imitating Daniel. Okay. Your, your health will be, you will be healthier because you're you're going to be eating more vegetables, you're going to be eating more fruits, you're going to be drinking more water because you won't be drinking anything else. And so your body will be getting the nutrients and the sustenance that it needs. Okay? That's that's one. Second, Daniel was determined. He had discipline and determination to do what he was was doing. He did not give up. If he had get, what if he had given up a few days early? And, and didn't hear from the angel. But he didn't give up. Even though the angel was released already. on the ver- From the very moment Daniel started praying. The angel was released to give him an answer. But he continued. He kept going. And he probably would have gone indefinitely. Until he received an answer. He was determined. He was determined to receive an answer from the Lord. And he set his heart. On receiving understanding. So that's, a, that's an amazing thing to, um, to follow after Daniel. Another one is his focus. He was so focused on what he wanted. It was very specific. What he needed and why he did it. Both times. You know, in Daniel 1, he was, he was focused. He was very specific. I'm not eating this because I will honor the Lord. He chose, he determined to not defile his body. And he never gave up or caved. So there are amazing things to learn and apply to your fast through Daniel. Amazing things. The prayer of Daniel is an amazing thing to to add and imitate in your fast. Now, let's look at what the modern day Daniel's fast takes out of Daniel. So they, if you look at the modern day fast, Daniel's fast, you can eat fruit, veggies, nuts. You don't eat any bread. You're not eating a bunch of carbs. You're not eating 
um, soda, you're only drinking water, a lot of them allow tea, black coffee, so you're not having creamer, you're having no animal product is what it is, essentially. And um, when you, if all it takes is a moment for you to Google the Daniels Fast and see that are you craving sweets? Cool. Here's a bananas foster you can make. Here's a dessert that you can make all out of the ingredients that are allowed in the Daniels fast. Do you, you, we can make something taste like steak. We can, you know, it's, they take everything, fruits and veggies, everything that's allowed and make it imitate what your body wants. You're filling your body. So I ask you, on the Daniels fast, are you actually subduing your flesh? Are you truly chastening your body? Is your flesh being weakened by only eating these things? No, no. If anything, your body's going to get healthier. You're going to eliminate a lot of inflammation in your life. You're, do I, I would suggest doing it and for that specific reason, for the fact that when you eat like that, you eliminate a lot of the junk out of your life. It would, it would be a great lifestyle change. Will I ever do it for an extended period of time, even as a great lifestyle change? No. I like, I like eating my steak. Anyways. Um, so are you truly chastening your body when you do it? Daniel, when you look at, at Daniel's diet and what he did, and then you look throughout the Bible, it was never replicated in the Bible as a fast. There are many times, many, many, many times in the Bible where a fast is called. I'll pull this up real quick. You have Esther. Esther fasted for three days. So, because a lot of people say, and I was even there at one point, um, where people say, well, it's a good starting place. It's a good starting place for believers who aren't just aren't where you're at right now. And and technically, I I get that. I get that understanding. I get um why it would be like that. Okay? I get where that would be coming from. However, if it's not a true biblical fast, and yet we're encouraging and allowing people to continue in that. Then we're allowing them to live in compromise. That would be like saying, um, listen, I know you're, the Bible says to live holy and then you can be blameless and without sin. Um, but, you know, it's okay for like 60% of the time you can live unholy. You can live the way you want. That's okay. As long as the majority of the time, even if it's like 10, 10% of the time, as long as the majority of the time you're living holy, then it's okay. That's what, that's what it's like us, us saying with fasting is we're, we're allowing compromise into people's lives. And I don't know about you, for me as a believer and for me as a pastor, um, I'm not okay with giving you anything that would lead you into compromise. 
Okay, I'm going to give you all of the tools, all of the teaching that you need to live holy, righteous, and blameless before the Lord. And then you take it from there. I can't do it for you, but I can give you everything that you need to live that way. So let's look at fasts that were replicated in the Bible. Times in the Bible where people, it, it says exactly that they fasted. Esther, so these are different ways that you can ease into fasting for for someone who's never fasted doing six to six sunrise to sunset is a good way to start in judges twenty twenty six. that's the fast that was called sunrise to sunset esther fasted for three days granted i'm pretty sure esther didn't even drink water but she was so um I don't want to say worried, but she was just so concerned with the well-being of the Jewish people that she was essentially in mourning. And I, I know when, when I'm, I imagine when you're in so much pain and not physically, but emotionally, that even drinking water, you don't really want to. So Esther did that full fast. And then in First uh, Samuel 31, 13 is a seven day fast. God bless me. Hold on. Okay. So here are different fasts that you can look up and you can see what they were, how they did it, but they were called fasts. It wasn't like there was a specific, they fasted, not like in Daniel 1 and Daniel 10, where it just lists dietary restrictions. There was Ahab, which is 1 Kings 21, 27 through 29. Then you have Judah in 2 Chronicles 21 through 25, and in Ezra 8, 21 through 23. You have many different people that fasted, the Jews that fasted, uh, Esther 4, 1 through 3, and 9, 1 through 3. Then you have David who fasted, and it says that in Psalm 35, 13, and Psalm 69, 10. We know that John's disciples fasted. From Matthew 9, 14 through 15. Um, we know that Anna, when she was in the church praying, she was fasting. She lived a lifestyle of fasting. And that's in Luke 2, 37. We have Paul who talks about fasting in Acts 27, 9 through 11. And Cornelius. Cornelius, they... I'm going to pull that one up real fast. Cornelius, Acts 10. All right, so here Cornelius sends a delegation. He says, there's a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man of one who, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision Uh, clearly in a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he said, what is it, Lord? And so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for, uh, for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. 
he is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the house to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So the Lord took him into a fast. He was hungry and he wanted to eat, but he didn't. And it explains why. Because later on, now while Peter wondered within himself what the vision meant, behold, the men who had sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. This is later on down in Acts, by the way. I skipped down to 17. Um, And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And I'm skipping down a little bit. They invited him to lodge there. The next day, Peter went with them. They um, Now, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, said, Stand up. I myself am also just a man. He talked with him. He went in and found many who had come together. And then he said to them, You know it's unlawful for a Jewish man to keep company with or go Uh, to one of another nation but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for I ask then what reason have you sent for me so Cornelius says this four days ago I was fasting until this hour so Cornelius was fasting and praying because he wanted more of God right Then uh, Simon Peter was praying and not eating, hadn't eaten. He was praying and then he got hungry, but the Lord said no. Took him into a trance and told him, gave him a vision about how nothing is unclean. Don't call unclean what God has called clean. And he did all of that. Because Cornelius wanted the Spirit of God. And he, then Peter says to him, Cornelius, your prayer's been heard. Or no, the Lord said to him that. Hold on. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. God is not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by them. And it goes on that everyone in Cornelius' house was then baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why, I believe it was yesterday, could have been the day before, I was telling you, if you are asking, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, this fast is an amazing time to reach out and, and tell the Lord, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. That's exactly what Cornelius did. He wanted more of God. He went into a fast. 
And because he was fasting, the Lord answered his prayer. So there are many, 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 many fasts. Some are a day. King David fasted for one day. Daniel has a fast for one day in Daniel 9.3 that I was telling you about. Israel fasted for a day. There's, there's three-day fasts in the Bible. There's seven-day fasts in the Bible. The entire nation of Israel fasted for seven days in 1 Samuel 31.13. That's what I was telling you about earlier. There's 21 days and there's 40 days. Now, the 21 days, the only record of 21 days is Daniel and the prayer that he is asking. Now, the reason that so many people consider it a fast, which could be, is because there's many there's there's a few different scholars, one being Finnis Dake, who in that scripture in Daniel 10 that I was reading to you states that no pleasant breads or foods, I believe it says, entered his mouth. And there are people that say, hold on, let me pull up Daniel 10. Back this way. So he says that that saying is actually translated as the fact that he ate nothing. Which I don't know. Hebrew, I don't know all that. Hold on, I'm finding it right here. Okay. Um, So he says that when it says, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself with oil till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Finnis Dake says that this is the same thing as saying he was on a total fast that it it actually wasn't a diet. Many scholars don't agree, and that's why I described it both ways. But whether he was on a full fast and ate nothing, then it's a biblical fast for 21 days, and he was fasting and praying. The Bible doesn't specifically say it was a fast. It says he was in mourning. So if we go on that end, he was in mourning and he only ate certain things. Basically, it sounds like fruits and vegetables and and seeds. And so if that's the case, not a full fast. But it was 21 days of prayer and dedication to the Lord. And so as we dig in with the Daniel's fast and with understanding what is around us, I leave you with this. No matter what the world says, no matter what ways the world allows to, I I wouldn't consider it compromise, whatever ways the world allows you to lessen the dedication it takes to follow the word of God, go by the word of God. Everything that we do needs to be done through the lens of the Bible. As a Christian, our life is spent following Christ. And so understanding that when when you take one specific area, because this is what the Daniels fast, they took one specific place in the Bible 
where one person ate certain foods and considered it a fast and decided that's what they're going to do as a fast for the rest of their lives. When there are so many more, so many more, it's literally the one time in the Bible that it talks about only eating vegetables and water. It's the one time in the Bible where that is set up. There are well over, I would say 20, I don't know, I'd have to count them all, but there are well over 10, 15, 20 times in the Bible where a fast is mentioned. And every single time, other than Daniel 10 and 1, it is a full fast, eat nothing. Even the root word from fast is to cover your mouth or close it. And so I encourage you, do not do that in any area of the Bible. Take one section and cherry pick it and base your entire life on that subject off of one scripture rather than the handfuls of other scriptures that say otherwise. You know, we follow the word of God. We follow Jesus's example and Jesus did a full fast. His was 40 days. I am not saying you have to do 40 days. If the Lord tells you to do 40 days, you obey the Lord. How long you do it, when you do it, that's, that's between you and God. Right now, our church is on a corporate, as a group, 21-day fast. If you're joining us, amazing. I'm so excited. Throughout the year, we will be doing corporate fasts more. But right now, it's 21 days. In any, in any other time throughout the year, when you fast and how long you fast is between you and God. No one dictates, dictates that. But the word of God is pretty darn clear on what a fast looks like. And it doesn't look like making awesome salads and bananas foster and a dessert made out of um, cocoa beans and cashews. You can, you can literally make everything. You can make anything out of fruits, veggies, and seeds. It blows my mind what you can make out of those things. So like I have said before, if you're on a fast and yet you're planning out meals, you're buying a bunch of ingredients, then you're not on a biblical fast. You're on a great diet. So I encourage you, take this time, determine to honor God and to do a biblical fast for, for however long that works. If it's six to six for you, you've never done a fast before, you're new to fasting, it's only the first couple fasts, fasts that you've done, fast is, I don't think that's a word, anyways, then do six to six. My husband is in physical labor. If he doesn't do six to six, he works with power tools and sharp things, and it's not good. So he does six to six. When he's not, on, so on the weekends, he does a full fast. But while he's working, he does six to six. Do what you can do and start where you can start. But do it full honoring God. 
with a full fast. You can do it. I 100% have faith in you. If you're struggling and you're like, I just want to eat. That's when I go lock myself up. I turn on the worship music and I sit there and I drink a whole water bottle and I chill for a few minutes. I pray. I worship the Lord. And then I return back. And if you will take this time and dedicate it to God and honor the Lord and push away the plate, I promise you, you will come out of this at a higher level in your spirit, man. You will be stronger. You will. It will be easier to push away the things that you do that you don't want to do. The things that it'll be easier to do the things that honor God and not do the things that dishonor God. It will be easier for you to live righteous and holy. I want to thank you so much for listening, for taking the time. I encourage you, get in your word, pray. Lord, I thank you so much for everyone that is listening. I pray that you bless them, that you honor them. I pray that the eyes of their understanding are opened. Lord, give them a deeper revelation of your love for them. Open the eyes of their understanding to take in the word in a way that they've never seen it before. Give them strength to make it through this. Give them joy to li- to be happy throughout this whole thing, to be at peace throughout the entire fast. I thank you, Lord, that you're strengthening our bodies. You're strengthening our spirit, man. You're giving us a patience and a joy to do exactly what you've called us to do. We honor you, we glorify you, and we praise your holy name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. This podcast is part of Distortion Free Ministries. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Distortion Free, or you can go to our website, distortionfreeministries.com. If you would like to be a part of what we're doing, you can go to the Give tab and financially make yourself a partner with the things that God's doing through our ministry. We love you, and we'll see you next time at the table.